0: Today, we'll spend the first segment talking about what you can expect from the Florida Gators offensive scheme under Billy Napier and Rob Sale, and we'll talk about how this roster fits the scheme, and then we'll kind of talk about Florida versus LSU from Wednesday night, but it'll also just be kind of me ranting on Mike White, because I'm kind of pissed at him right now, only here on Locked on Gators. You are Locked on Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free reviews in the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube, have some fun with it. We're going to have a blast. Happy Friday. I am Brandon Olsen. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of whole9sports.com. Where you can find all of my written work. Getting into it. We're going to talk about Billy Napier and the offensive scheme. Last week, we talked about Patrick Tony and the defensive scheme that he'll be bringing to Gainesville. This week, offensive. Yay. Well, today, offensive. Billy Napier has, I mean, he's you know what we are expecting is run heavy offense Billy Napier has described his offense as ground and pound before and um yes and no uh yeah it's it's ground and pound in the sense of we're we're gonna run the rock a lot but I feel like usually when you talk about ground and pound you're talking about more of a power run game a gap run game that's not really Billy Napier what we're looking at is more of a modern day I almost said traditional but it's like Wide zone is very new, so it can't be traditional wide zone because traditional wide zone doesn't exist. It is the modern day, primarily wide zone heavy offense. Um, For those of you who don't know, that does not mean that there's no inside runs. There still will be a lot of runs directed at the gap, but with the wide zone scheme, you kind of give the running back the final say in which gap they are going to hit. So, Because, of course, with zone blocking, you're not necessarily going up. I'm going for that guy right there. A lot of it's just we're all blocking to the left. And obviously, if the running back's on the right, we're blocking to the left. And we're going to let the running back make the call. That's what we're going to see a lot of in Gainesville. That's very similar to what we saw with Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen did like to run zone blocking schemes. But Billy Napier is even heavier invested in the zone blocking scheme. And we will see a lot of it. We'll also see things like counters. You can expect a lot of pre-snap motion, which is great. Because especially when you're throwing the ball... I am a big fan of using pre-snap motion to kind of help you read what the defense is doing. Of course, if there's a man that follows and shadows that receiver, if it's just a shift, whatever it might be, I'm a big fan of using pre-snap motion. So I'm happy to see that. Billy Napier is going to use a lot of pre-snap motion. He used a lot of pre-snap motion at Louisiana. He ran the ball a lot at Louisiana. I believe he ran the ball, uh, or as a play caller, he's run the ball about 55 to 60% of the time. So that's great for us. We're going to see runs. We're going to see passes. We're not going to be a one trick pony in any sense. Not that we were with Dan Mullen, but I'm just saying it's not gonna be a one trick pony. Um, you could expect to see slightly more screens than we saw last year from Florida, Florida called screen passes on about 14% of their passing plays last season. And granted, you know, the quarterback play for Florida wasn't great. And the quarterback play for Louisiana wasn't great. Um, but Levi Lewis, I, I think he's got less arm talent than Amory or Anthony Jones so, or, or Anthony Richardson. Um, but Napier called screens about 17% of the time. So it's not a huge difference. You probably won't even notice the difference or the difference in frequency of play calling. Uh, just because, I mean, that that's so minuscule. 3% over the course of the season is not that big. But that's that's what we're looking at. We're going to see probably a, a couple more screens. I think that we'll see more running back screens this year with uh Billy Napier as opposed to under Dan Mullen because Dan Mullen likes to run wide receiver screens I think we're going to see more running back screens which I'm excited for because we have a a lot of talented running backs and they're going to be rotating in a lot in Gainesville so get used to that we will likely see less quarterbacks run the quarterback runs than we saw under Dan Mullen which I mean that's fine with me I've been very open about you know Damian Pierce and more carries Malik Davis needed more carries. Naquan Wright needed more carries. I wanted to see Lorenzo Lingard. I wanted to see DeMarcus Bowman. But instead, our leading runner in terms of carries and yards was Emery Jones, which, again, Emery Jones is a very good runner. But I want to see our running backs run the ball. We will likely see less quarterback runs. Levi Lewis is a mobile quarterback, but even he didn't have a ton of designed runs. He did get a big chunk of his yardage through scramble play, which is which is fantastic. Cause if you can if you can create yards as a runner, then that, that's wonderful. You don't have to get the design game plan there. That's fine with me. I think it's also important to note that there will be less quarterback runs and that the offense will be less reliant on quarterback runs because that opens the door for guys like Jack Miller the third. Jack Miller the third, he's mobile enough to get the job done. He's got serviceable athleticism, but he's not a running quarterback. So for him to be able to hand the ball off more often than anything else without really changing the fundamentals and the foundation of this offense is big. And again, we'll talk more about scheme fit in the next segment, but Jack Miller III is not someone to ignore. I know a lot of people were kind of just floating the idea of, you know, Billy Napier traditionally or t- or usually has a quarterback that's very capable as a runner. Jack Miller is capable. It's just not a strong suit. That's totally fine. He can run this offense still with ease, and, and it won't be – it's not like we're really cutting off the legs of this offense. That's not really what we worry about. The passing game under Billy Napier pretty much ignores the intermediate game, that 10 to 20 range, not something we're going to see often. It is very much a short passing game with some deep shots peppered in there, which it's going to be fine by me, especially this year. I know that I was clamoring for more deep shots this past season, but we just, I, I don't know what it is. I feel like the receivers weren't aggressive enough. I feel like the quarterbacks weren't aggressive enough. Even when even when deep passes did get dialed up, hopefully this year we'll see some more. But I, I don't have a problem with it right now. It's going to be a lot of, and I also like we had a good running game last year. I think we see it get better. We will see quarterbacks with the freedom to run in Gainesville. So Emory Jones, if he's staying, Anthony Richardson, when he's healthy. We will see them run the ball if they'd like. I think that this offense opens up more room for scramble yardage, which is going to be big because designed runs are great when they lead to big plays. That, that's awesome. But if you have a quarterback who, when he's dropping back to throw the ball, could really beat you with his legs and make you pay. I mean, look at, look at Emory in the UCF game. If you watch the UCF game, the beginning was rough and Emory's passing was rough. But there there came a point where it was like, hey, the coaching staff pretty much was like, take two ticks, look for your first two reads. If they're not there, take off and run. And I think we're going to see that with these quarterbacks under Billy Napier. I don't think that puts Jack Miller really out of the running. I do think it puts him at a minor disadvantage just because he won't be able to be as creative as Anthony Richardson or as Emory Jones. But I, I still think he's more than capable of contributing and being a starting quarterback. If he wins this battle, because I think his passing I, I don't know if it's better than Emery or Anthony, but I think he's gotta be at least on par. The passing was not good no matter who your quarterback was last year. So Jack Miller III is a name that, you know, he he could be up there. Also, Jalen Kidna and Carlos Rabia Wilson, you guys are also up there, but I, I think they're kind of I think they're kind of back at the pack at this point. Not not to say they can't come back, but I, I think they're back at the pack right now. Hey yeah, Gators fans, I'm here with an incredible app. Everyone. Who buys gas needs to know about it is get upside G E T U P S I D E. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas. Every time they fill up, just download the free get upside app in the app store or Google play right now and use promo code score. That is S C O R E and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. So that's up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill up. So obviously, Make sure that thing's running on E and then fill her up and maximize your return there. There are some people who are making a couple of hundred dollars a month just using GetUpside. So make sure to download the free GetUpside app. Use promo code SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, to get that 50 50 cent cash back per gallon in your first fill up. And you can get the money deposited into your bank account, PayPal, gift cards, whatever you want to do. But I mean, hey, if your money's not making you money, you're dumber than a dummy. Simple as that. Anybody else make money this weekend? Let me tell you. I'm not even going to talk about the weekend, actually. I'm going to talk about Wednesday night. Because Wednesday night, I took the Florida LSU under. I took Duke minus five. I took Boston Bruins minus one and a half. And I took West Ham to score in both halves. And it hit, and it was a nice parlay to hit. There you go. I, and usually, my parlays are longer, which and I don't hit them. Uh, but hey, I get to talk about it. It was only four, and I remember it. So, yay, Florida. You have thrown a wrench in it because I also had another bet that was Florida winning and Florida covering uh, minus three and a half. That didn't happen, of course. But hey, I'm using Bet Online, that's how I make my money. Bet Online, it covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything. You can imagine it's the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website, use your mobile device, do whatever you want to do. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use promo code LOCKED, that is L O C K E D, no space O N for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Now we're going to take a look at this scheme fit here. Uh, not sure if I'll go off on a tangent here, or if it'll be quicker, we'll figure it out. But quarterback, uh, all are fits. So this is one of those things where it's one of those offenses where it's it's not an option offense. It's not going to be very option heavy. And you know you could look at Dan Mullen and you could say, hey, like he he's not an option heavy offense, but he he likes to mix in the option. We had Kyle Trask running quarterback draw out of empty. So I mean, hopefully, hopefully that won't be something we see with Jack Miller. But you know, I mentioned Jack Miller the third quite a bit last segment. He's the least mobile quarterback on the roster right now, I'd say. But that's still fine because he's got serviceable. Athleticism, he can make the plays if he can make the plays with his arms. If he can make the play with his eyes, I don't know why I said arms, like he's throwing both hands. If he can make the plays with his arm, if he can make the plays with his eyes, who cares if he can make the plays with his legs or not? He's gonna be there and he's not gonna be a complete statue in the pocket. Looking at running backs, Florida will likely again have three running backs shoulder to load this year. But the big difference is that last year, Emory Jones led the team in carries. That's not gonna happen this year, hopefully. Hopefully, I'll knock on wood. I don't care if he's a starter or not. That's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the running backs to run the damn ball. But this year, we've got Naquan Wright as the only legitimate contributor in the running back room that's coming back. you got Lorenzo Lingard, DeMarcus Bowman, been here, backups. Trevor Etienne is a freshman that has committed to the University of Florida. Of course, his older brother is a first-round pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Torres Achilles, I want to say. And missed the year. And then now Montrell Johnson, the freshman running back from Louisiana last year, transferred now to Florida. He said he is continuing his career. So none of them besides Montrell Johnson have any experience running Billy Napier's scheme. So the running back room, I think, is really wide open. But also looking at receivers now, because we're going to get a little, little mixy with it. <laughs> I know that I mentioned you're going to see a lot of motion you're also going to see some jet sweeps. And that's where I think Naquan Wright really comes in. Because, I mean, when you look at receivers, I think on the outside you got Justin Shorting, Xavier Henderson, and that's easy money because they're good blockers, they're capable big-bodied receivers for inaccurate passes, and they can get the job done. So I think that they will both be there. But I think when you look at the the three receivers that are really going to be starting, you've got your slot. And your slot's kind of up in the air. It could be Trent Middlemore. It could be a, a number of guys. It could be Marcus Burke. I think one guy we see play in the slot a bit this year, and by a bit I mean more than we saw last year, is Naquan Wright. Um, Naquan Wright, I thought, was the best pass catching back on the team last season, and this year he's going to be here again. He played about 18% of his snaps in the slot or out wide. He also had a couple snaps lined up as an inline tight end, which I'm assuming I, it was literally two snaps. So that's why I say a couple and it's hard to remember. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming he was just lined up as like a move tight end in an empty set. That's usually when you see running backs lined up in line. But we're going to see some jet sweeps every now and then. And I think when you've got Naquan, right, moving in motion, you can move him in the backfield. You can move him in the slot. You can move him out wide. You can move him wherever you want. You can send him across the formation. You're going to see Naquan, right? Quite a bit. I think, or at least I hope that's what I would do if I were Billy Napier, so I, and he's obviously serviceable as a pass catcher because he's worked in the slot and out wide. So he's someone who you can just line up there. He doesn't have to be a gimmicky gadget guy, but it's a way to get him on the field. And as also another way to get Demarcus Bowman, Lorenzo Lindgard, Trevor Etienne, Macho Johnson all on the field and get the carries spread out nice and evenly. Like imagine having Anthony Richardson or Emory Jones, Naquan Wright comes across the formation in motion and you can run a little bit of a, a little bit of an option play where maybe it's a fake handoff to Naquan Wright and then a pitch option with whoever's in the backfield or fake uh, or you know run the handoff the option with the running back and that's next to him and then maybe run a pitch with little Naquan Wright and whatever you want to do and you can have some fun with it. Tight ends blocking matters most for this group, I believe. Obviously, it matters more for O line, but when you look at tight ends, you're not talking about a pass catcher really here. But I think you, you got to remember, this is a very open position this year with Kimori Gamble, unfortunately, entering the transfer portal. So tight end is very open. Keon Zipper is obviously the leader, but we've got some young guys behind him. Like Nick Elson, is a dark horse name that I want to talk about. We, I think, will add a tight end in the transfer portal. So there's also that opportunity. They're going to have to be able to hold their honest blockers. That's the biggest thing. That is that's honestly the biggest reason why I'm going to miss Kimura Gamble, because I think he was a great blocker for a college tight end. And so I think having him there would have been big for this offense. He's not afraid at all to get involved and get physical with defenders. So I really wish that we had Kimura Gamble for this offense, but hey, we don't, and we're hopefully going to make the most of it. Look at the offensive line. Luckily, Billy Napier is looking to bring some of his linemen from Louisiana who obviously was a very good, who has obviously had a very good offensive line group and had success with them. We got Rob sale coming in from the New York giants was previously with, was previously with Billy Napier at Louisiana. So there's that you've got uh Darnell Stapleton assistant offensive line coach played in the NFL. He even tweeted yesterday. He's like, Hey, we're going to run the damn ball. Like we're like, we're going to tote the damn rock. And it's like, Okay, thank you, please, Uh, because passing the ball wasn't really great for us last year. The O-line last year, well, this past year, was bad. I think that this year, they're still going to be maybe better, but still bad. Uh, You know, the scheme and the coaching staff will try to minimize the possible errors and the harm that this offensive line can do. But I think this offensive line is bad enough where you can look at it and say, this isn't a one-year turnaround for this offensive line. You know, you've got to bring in, and I, I get it. We're bringing in some guys from Louisiana. We're bringing in some high school recruits. I think it's not a one-year turnaround, and you're going to look at who you've got on roster and say, look, you're an upperclassman, but you're not it, and young guys are going to play. I, I think we're not done seeing movement on this offensive line is what I'm getting to, whether it's additions, subtractions. I don't know what it's going to be. I think we're not done seeing movement along this offensive line. I wouldn't be shocked at all. If I, I would be shocked if we did stop seeing movement. That would be weird to me, but the offensive line, You got a ways to go. Luckily, there are multiple coaches focusing on it, and Billy Napier is going to be involved, and the scheme should help. But, uh, yeah, I'm not super stoked for this offensive line. It is a new year, so that means new year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, I just had some cookies. I'm sorry. Um, Make sure you include built bar in your plan. I'm really bad at keeping mine because usually it's getting fit. This year, I just genuinely don't have one. I'm just like, hey, man, I'm just trying to make it through the next day, you know? New Year's resolutions suck for me. I have a sweet tooth, and they're almost always to get into shape or get better shape. Whenever I do set one, again, did this year. But my weakness is a sweet tooth, but luckily I can replace that with built bar. I'm trying to eat healthier, but I also just hate cookies. So who cares? It's already coated in 100% chocolate, and most bars have 130 calories and just four net carbs, which is what matters to me more than anything else, along with 17 grams of protein. Throw out the hidden stashes of Reese's Kit Kat stickers, Twix, whatever you want, and just get built bar so that you don't have to worry about sneaking around. You don't gotta feel like a little scummy. you now built bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So you'll never get bored. And if you do like the same old thing, guess what? They'll probably still have that. Use promo code locked15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is locked L O C K E D one five at built or builtbar dot com. Now we are talking about Florida vs LSU and I'm excited for this one because I'm pissed. I was pissed planning it. I, I will say, I'm happy the under hit because that's what I needed to hit for the parlay. So I'm happy the under hit. But that's about all I'm happy about. Really? Um, You know, D- Dylan Sanders, who's been on Locked On Gears before, he tried trash talking me a little bit about the loss. And here's the thing. um, And I said this in before the game, too. And I said it after the game. I don't care. Uh, I, I genuinely, I'm at the point where I don't care about the loss. And I'm not saying the season's an L throughout. I'm not saying that. But I am saying a win or a loss does not really matter to me because either way, I win. That's where I'm at. If we win, dope. That's a W. That, that's great. If we lose, we are one step closer to getting rid of mid major Mike, uh, as so many Gators fans so politely call him. Uh, and look, I, like I said, like I'm not someone who's who's looking to call for people's jobs. I'm not trying to be hot takey like that. But guys, like like enough, enough is enough, or at least at what point is enough enough? I feel like a broken record saying it so many times because I said it, and you know, late late spring, early summer, whenever it was that Mike White signed a contract extension, that, that's when I said this. Uh, I've said it multiple times on Lockdown Gators. I've said it multiple times on Twitter. He got extended and it was disheartening for me because it felt like at the University of Florida, which is typically and historically a very prestigious program and a very successful program committed to mediocrity. And I don't like that because last year wasn't a great year. And then he got an extension and it's was like, why are you extending someone who's not exceeding expectations or who's not finding consistent success? Mike White has a 62% win percentage in his seven years in Gainesville, including 2016 when the Gators won when the Gators had a 75% winning percentage. Never have they hit over 62 aside from that one year. The Gators are 0 3 in SEC play, and I get it. All three top all three games were against top 15 teams. Cool. But It's been seven years of Mike White now. Your roster isn't good enough. Guess what, Mike? You build the roster. So if the roster is not good enough, you're not good enough at building your roster. If you can't get the most out of your players and they can't reach expectations and and they can't outperform their expectations, guess what? That means you're not coaching them well enough they're not developing enough, and guess what? That means you're not developing them well enough. So if you can't recruit properly and you can't build depth and you can't build a roster, you can't coach and get the, or well, obviously you can coach, but you can't coach enough to get your team to outperform their expectations and maximize their potential. And you can't develop these guys. What the hell are you supposed to be good at? That's what that's what I don't get. What are you supposed to be good at? Because it's nothing at this point. Florida lost to LSU 64-58, and LSU did not have their starting point guard. Do you realize just how important that is in college when there's a bigger talent gap between starters and depth and when point guards kind of dominate the offense? That's bad to lose that game. Like, how the hell do you lose to a team that only makes three threes? Oh. The Gators shot 11 for 22 from the free throw line and 7 for 31 from 3. That's how you lose. Got it. The Gators still, they they just cannot compete with good teams. We have people that can shoot the ball well. We do. We have Myron Jones can shoot the ball well. He can. Brandon McKissick can shoot the ball He can. Guess what? He's not. They can shoot the ball well, but shot selection is is so awful because when they're open, they can shoot well, but they choose to shoot contested shots and they just want to chuck up shots. They can get to the free throw line, but they can't make free throws. And, and this might be a little harsh. It might be, it might be a little harsh. What the hell is Mike White even doing anymore though? Because Myron Jones, get him, get him off the court at this point. He's, He's two for 12, get him off the court. Teach, teach him freaking shot discipline for once, Mike. Like, this is ridiculous. Uh, Myron Jones, Flanders Fleming, who I don't care what you're going to say about him. Uh, so Myron Jones, Flanders Fleming, and Brandon McKissick shot seven for 31 against LSU. Like I said already, because that's very convenient and coincidental, uh, that's the same shooting percentage that the Gators shot from three. It's the same number of shot makes and shot attempts from three. And the Gators just could not find success either way. So it's just awful. The game would have been a blowout if LSU was at full strength. This is just atrocious, atrocious basketball. There is one player that shows up relatively consistently, and that's and that's Colin Castleton. I mean, sorry, Myron Jones shows up relatively consistently, but it's bad Myron that shows up. But Colin Castleton is the only one that shows up relatively consistency, consistently performing well. He's the only one. What, and I mean, get I yeah I get it. Sometimes his shooting percentage is off. Sometimes he's not rebounding well enough. But he is like the only guy out there that I'm watching him. and I'm like he's a dude. Like like he does things. Like I just I don't know what to expect from this basketball team. I'm at my I'm at my wits end here. And we're, we're like not even halfway through the season. Like <laughs> this is bad. Thanks for making knock on gators your first listen every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We'll be back Monday to talk more about the Florida Gators, or the football, basketball, we'll figure it out. Now make your second list on Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. For Locked On Gators, I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with whole is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E sports. And I will see you all tomorrow. Hmm. Monday, I do this every week. Yep, that's where we're at.